Hi everyone, Data Stories number 11. Hi Moritz, how are you? Hi Enrico, I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? Um, good, good, good. <laughs> you were not prepared for that question? No, no. <laughs> there is still some sun outside and uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Cool. You're still in Europe, which is... I'm still in Europe, yeah. Which is good for Europe, but bad for you. Yeah, I don't know if, yeah. if these Americans really want me. They <laughs> delay. <laughs> they, yeah, there is a delay in the visa process and uh, I'm living in an empty apartment with... Uh, my wife and three kids, one of which, one of whom is um, is an infant, and it's a lot of fun, <laughs> as you can imagine. Finally, enough room to play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took my inflatable bed from the basement, and it's it's yeah. The kids really love it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? How is Good. it going? I, I just came back uh, from England. From the cave. <laughs> we set up the the final sort of chapter of the Emoto project, which yeah. we will talk about today. Yeah, and it was about visualizing the the response to the games London 2012. Yeah, and I just came back from setting up the the installation part. Sort of, we had an exhibit, a physical hmm. exhibit, and yeah, now I'm catching up. And next week, oh no, end of this week, going to Helsinki for the data cuisine workshop and mm -hmm. open knowledge mm -hmm. conference. So that should be fun too. So, did you have any holidays or anything that resembled? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, this year was a bit <laughs> unlucky with the holidays because of the Olympics, which were like right in summer. But I'll try and take a week off, end of October or something like that. And yeah, I mean, I have lots of conferences now, which are in a way also holidays. You know? yeah, yeah, I am myself yeah. in this strange situation. I didn't have any real holidays because we were basically spending our holidays packing yeah. and yeah. selling stuff. We sold almost everything from our apartment. And then we discovered so that you we had couldn't holidays leave. on eBay. Yeah, we had holidays <laughs> on eBay. Yeah, fortunately, Constance is quite nice. We have a lake that is quite close from our, our apartment. So we had some fun yeah. around. That's something, yeah. Yeah, and uh, what else? Um, yeah, I'm working on some this week stuff. This week is approaching quite soon, and um, yeah, it's quite nice. We have um, I I'm organizing a workshop together with some people on uh, uh, visual visualization evaluation, and it's mm -hmm. quite. I think it's going to be quite cool. That's the fourth fourth time that we organized that. And uh, the workshop is called Believe, mm -hmm. and I don't even remember anymore what's the acronym for. <laughs> Be it's more a legacy of the first like. one. Of the first one, it's a, it's quite yeah convoluted kind of acronym. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be cool. And I'm also organizing a panel there on um, reproducibility in visualization research, which, which I think it's interesting for people. Not only for academics, for but also for people like you, Moritz, who, as I know, are interested in uh, accessing not only papers but also code and nice mm -hmm. stuff from mm -hmm. from research. So I think it's an interesting topic to discuss there. So the idea is that people publish not just the charts, but also the whole everything you need, all the ingredients to reproduce. Yeah, exactly. a visualization. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a great idea. And there is yeah. a, actually a quite strong trend in computer science in general. Mm. Like the the for example in databases uh, in at the Sigmod conference which is basically the leading conference in databases, they have this reproducibility initiative since two or three years and they are quite advanced right now so mm -hmm. cool. so there are there are some niche niches where reproducibility already um, it's already at a good stage mm -hmm. and some others like visualization where we are basically not not too advanced we are not even discussing too much about that yet anyway the episode is not about that <laughs> We are going to talk about Emoto. That's true. Which is, uh, yeah, maybe Moritz, you want to introduce Emoto and our guest today? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a special guest, special guest, uh, Stefan Thiel. Hi, Stefan. Hi, Stefan. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Hi. Pleasure, Hi. as always. And Stefan was part of the design team. Some of you for Emoto, for the project we'll talk about in a minute. Um, 
he also did uh, his bachelor's in in Potsdam, so that's where we met. And I guess some of you might know him from the Visualizing Shakespeare project, which was his degree project, and where yeah, in two thousand ten, <laughs> yeah, and he did some really interesting text analysis on Shakespeare texts and and made visualizations out of that, big posters, interactives, and yeah, so um, that's correct, yeah. Cool. And now he's part of Studio Nand, the best computational design company in the world, as everybody knows. <laughs> and, <laughs> and was part of Probably the not, team. but yeah, together with yeah, Jonas Loh and Steffen Fiedler. And See, Steffen Fiedler. That, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. We finally yeah. teamed up and it's really <laughs> exciting how it goes. Of, of course, like exciting time um, behind us with the motor and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. this is adding up to all the fees we get every time we have an episode. so yeah the motto yeah it's been a big thing for us we've been working on that i mean it started like half last last year in summer like to get the project Mm -hmm. going slowly and get some funds and so on and since march we knew we would be we would get some funding and started working on it so it's it's been one of the big projects this year for all of us i guess yeah, really exciting one and long term, definitely. Mm-hmm. And lots of yeah. a multi-headed Hydra. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which was also the fun thing about it to, to bring together so many components and so many pieces. But let's talk about them in detail. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fr- from the outside, I must admit that it looks huge. I mean, mm. whenever you think you understood what it is, then there's an extra sub page somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> But let's try and yeah, let's try and characterize what we did there. So the basic idea was, so there were the Olympic Games in London. We knew that before (laughs) because they were (laughs) sort of announced. And and Drew Hammond, he's from Manchester, and he's um, running the Future Everything um, Festival. And he's quite active generally in digital media, uh, organizing different uh, lots of different activities. And he had this idea. Okay, we have the games. We need to do something, you know, to visualize the online response to the games. You know, not just the, not just the TV feed where you see the athletes, and not just the live experience in the stadium. But what are all the people on the internet, mm-hmm. you know, saying as the events happen? Yeah. So that that was the, the starting point, really. And and I think the the at the beginning the the idea was really to capture the whole stadium atmosphere and the excitement of viewing like sports together. I think. Uh, as the project progressed, we moved a bit away from that towards a more analytical view and a more, let's say, more distant view, maybe. But I, I mm-hmm. guess that was the starting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the initial, basically, the initial commission was like research for what is, what might be interesting in terms of like data. What kinds of data can you get mm-hmm. from the Olympics and stuff like that? And uh, also, we tried to yeah be really open about our focus there and and played around with different scenarios. Um, we, we were really open in the beginning, wasn't uh, weren't we, Moritz? Yeah, yeah. We also looked at processing TV streams, doing exactly, image analysis yeah. on TV images, or we thought we could tune in all the radio stations of the world at once, you know? Yeah, and mix up and, and mash up all the, the <laughs> yeah, TV streams and uh, everything and... together, working with subtitles or maybe sensors on location in the stadium and stuff mm, like that. Okay, so you didn't start with the idea of analyzing Twitter feeds directly? Not, no, no, not directly, no. Okay. We, we knew it would be um, there as an option and it is really um, challenging and exciting to work with uh, with this data and uh, this is why we have had it in this direction basically but um, yeah we try to be really open and consider all other possibilities as well yeah okay cool and i mean a big inspiration has of course always been we feel fine from Mm -hmm. jonathan harris so that was i mean how could it not be right so but that that was always us in the back of our minds okay let's do we feel fine but just a bit cooler (laughs) which is like a bad premise for any project (laughs) so who is behind the project i mean uh, practically speaking who's been working on the on the project itself coding designing prototyping analyzing all this stuff yeah yeah. it's it's been a big team so i can give you sort of the chronology a a bit so as i said drew had the original idea Mm -hmm. drew hammond so then he approached me if we would work together on sort of fleshing out that idea and mm, developing a concept that would 
um, be able to be funded or be handed in for for funding application. Mm-hmm. And then I said, yeah, that sounds really great, but I'll need some help here. And so then I approached the guys from Studio Nant to work already on that first concept. Mm-hmm. And so we did that together. And this started in August already. That like was last year, August. Year yeah. Ago. Oh, <laughs> man, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we handed that in um, um, for different like cultural funding um, pots, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And we also tried to do the official route and place it on the official London 2012 website and talk to LOCOG, the organizing committee. Okay. And we did even a pitch there, but luckily, I must say, we did not succeed. <laughs> I'm really happy that we didn't get the official commission because this one would have been very hard to produce, you know, so, yeah. like support all the different browsers, um, do it in all and languages, control some... all the contents at any time. You know, it would have been a very, let's say, very restricted project from yeah. the creative side. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah, and then in... In March, it became clear that our Arts Council funding would um, come through. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then we knew our summer was ruined. Yeah. <laughs> and that was everybody's first thought. Like, oh my God, there goes my summer vacation. <laughs> we were, of course, also happy. So practically speaking, you and the guys from Nan Studio have been working on the project in practice? In terms of design and and, and uh, final concepts and stuff like this, yeah. We have been developing this mainly in close collaboration with Drew. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, the design work and stuff like that is all Moritz and Studio Nant. Fantastic. Yeah. And then we had, of course, we had a big, like, organization team around it. People working on PR, people working Mm -hmm. on producing the exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all this extra work that you don't really think of, you know, in the beginning, but there's a lot of nitty gritty stuff to be de- taken care of. Okay. And Gerrit Kaiser was our backend guy. So he took uh-huh. care of um, doing all the, the backend work for, for retrieving, analyzing okay. and providing the tweets to the front end, which, which was quite a task, I have to say. Yeah, and we must also mention at this point that we have been supported by Lexalytics for the data analysis, for the sentiment analysis, yeah. mm-hmm. which is also we should we should mention it as a as a team because it, they really gave a great support and and helped really a lot with their software there, providing uh, it to us yeah. um, without any funds and stuff like that. Yeah, so okay. really. Uh, Lexalytics should be considered part of the team because their software component uh, provides the sentiment analysis, which we found in the research is the best on the market. So, uh-huh. um, okay, who was that? Can you say Lexalytics? It like- it's a company based in the US, uh-huh. and they really they this is what they do. They do sentiment analysis and provide okay. a software package, and okay. also for entity res- um, retrieving and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So yeah. they uh-huh. Uh-huh. have a really comprehensive software package, and we are using the sentiment analysis component from that. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so before we delve into the technicalities of the project. Do you guys want to briefly describe what you have on the Emoto website in case people never saw it or just to refresh their mind? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, briefly mention what, what what's the final outcome of the project. And of course, mention the URL in case people want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what you finally see on the website, uh, www.emoto2012.org, is a visualization which is mainly consisted of two, or which mainly consists of two components, which is one uh, is the origami style figures that we um, see as one core. This is how we call them. We don't have a specific name for them, but they look like origamis and nice little origamis, and this is how we call them. Yeah. And this is this is what we use to visualize topics. Um, in a real-time manner, but also over time. So we have triangular shapes, which are, are giving a feedback on the overall sentiment distribution for a specific topic around the Olympics. And the topic could be an athlete, a discipline, or even other social topics, such as the traffic situation in New York, uh, in, in London, or um, the empty seats at some of the venues, which were a bit of a negatively discussed topic during the Olympics and stuff like that. So for each one of these topics, we're having a a little composition of some colored triangles and uh, triangles in the top um, represent positive emotions and uh, distribution of um, the sentiment levels that we have determined and triangles on the bottom 
um, are the negative ones. So you can easily sort of like a thumbs up, thumbs down indicator, see how positively or negatively is a topic um, discussed at the moment. And then there is also a real-time message stream which really focuses on seeing Twitter messages in real time um, flying by. And this is supposed to be a compliment like uh, next to watching TV, you know, we, we thought it might be interesting <laughs> yeah. or we had Moritz did one of the early prototypes there and it was really, we, we knew it's really so direct, so immediate. You see the responses um, just right as they happen and we thought it would be nice to just have that as a compliment to watching mm -hmm. TV, for instance, or something like that. Did you so imagine people sitting in front of, of their TV and their iPad on the... Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Second screen, second screen is the word of the year, probably. Yeah, definitely. I mean, more it's it's a way, right? We imagine it to be like this, and yeah. I hope it will be like this in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I I must say I found it's very challenging to watch sports and read at the same time. Yeah, definitely. So I think it works nicely for American football, <laughs> where you have breaks. <laughs> no, but it's really <laughs> difficult for sports that have continuous action going on. So I, yeah. I tried it a few times, and it's. It's not so relaxing, you know. I think it depends <laughs> no. very much on how much you want to focus Absolutely. on the on the, yeah. on the game, right? Yeah, and a I lot mean, of little design decisions like how you, you know, how you work with attention and how you work with changes, and yeah, so there's, sure. yeah, it's it's very interesting, but it's also challenging to do a good second screen application. Probably sure. one yeah. good thing to to mention as an effect is we did some first studies around the Euro Soccer Cup. Mm -hmm. And this was actually the first time that this kind of prototype of the stream was running with live data. Yeah, and yeah. when the when for one game, I think it was Germany against Poland, when the or or some other, I mean, it definitely was Poland which scored the one zero, so the first goal, and the excitement was uh, immediately visible in in the real time stream. And this mm -hmm. was like a clear indicator. It's more like bang, there's something happening. It's like a, a warning okay. light basically. And this is what we really liked about yeah. it. Okay. It's sort of magic. I mean, I also had that with Usain Bolt, you know, when he ran the, the 100 meters in 963. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was in that very millisecond the first tweet came. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's how did that happen? You know, it all news crazy. agencies are behind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the tweet was had the same delay as the TV picture, you know, and I was like, wow. wow. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. sort of magic. Yeah. yeah and news agencies take up to one or two minutes to, to put that on. Yeah. Uh -huh, on their uh -huh. websites. So this was really what was exciting about it. Yeah, yeah. So you you actually touched upon something that I wanted to ask you later but so I, I was wondering by looking at your at your project how did you actually test your system before going online because this is this looks like the kind of things that could really blow in your hands <laughs> and the, the kind of thing Tell that you would it. never I mean, <laughs> right and and you would never have enough confidence without some kind of real data right yeah that was it was a huge challenge i mean we did collect test data from the golf masters <laughs> <laughs> as well as the Euro soccer euro which Cup. is not exactly the same pace which as has bolt running exactly the and the other problem is it's single event sports you know where one thing is happening at a time at the games all kinds of things are happening at the same time you know so yeah yeah um in f so we we did at least have some idea of you know what sports data looks like twitter wise but we had no idea what olympics data looks like until the game started and okay. um yeah the first few days we had to to fix and tweak a lot of little things um just because before it was very difficult to have a realistic test setup and I read the BBC, they they actually wrote a full simulation of the games mm -hmm. um, to, to be able to test their program. So they had this sort of, you know, artificial games feed uh, <laughs> that they would generate. Yeah, so they could test their real-time components. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So basically you had this kind of base jumping effect where you just threw yourself in. Yeah, you just have to jump and yeah, make the best assumptions and, uh, <laughs> and then ro roll with it yeah but it was challenging definitely and that's a big issue with real-time data that it's hard to test and you have in my experience I mean now in hindsight I, I, I we should have written a full simulation you know that continuously runs Okay. So we ha always have something to test against. Yeah. So you didn't try to create some some simulated data out of it. 
Oh, we did. Yeah, so oh, we had we sort of this replay of this one soccer match, um, mm -hmm. you know, being fed in over and over. Or the, okay. I think the golf masters we used more in static analysis, but it wasn't that close to the real thing as it could have been. You know? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Looks scary. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was an adventure, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we are in, in a sense lucky that it was an art project and not like for a like top-notch client that would kill us when the site is offline for five minutes. <laughs> so because yeah, yeah. No, but then it's really tough to... So I, yeah, I have, but say you I have, have huge respect for... these for, kind of things, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's quite normal that you get some... Once you go live, you will normally al almost always have some little problems. At yeah, least. sure. Yeah, that's normal. So um, I was curious about... I wanted to start... Um, I would like to to know something about the data processing and analytics you have behind before going into the visualization part. Mm -hmm. uh, so, how do you actually get this data from from Twitter? I guess this is a small percentage of the whole of the whole yeah. stream, right? Yes, yes. So how do I mean, you access this data and what kind of processing you do on top of it? I was really curious to hear about that. Um, yeah, I mean, um, in the end, we've turned out to be using the public Twitter streaming API, which is only a 1% subset. And we were initially trying to get uh, a higher percentage of the of the entire Twitter stream to have a more significant coverage in terms of like statistics and, and also for not so frequently discussed topics to get more tweets from them, basically. So to have better uh -huh. uh, a better overview over the topics. So that's uh, not but what, they, what they call the fire hose. No, that's not what they call oh. the fire hose, no. Okay. That's what they call the garden hose, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it turns out, <laughs> in hindsight, uh -huh. this garden hose was really kind of enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it's of course it's more you increase the resolution or density of the of the representation in the data, but I think the one percent is actually for for a project like this is actually kind of enough, and it was already providing lots of technical challenges because we have an entire um, infrastructure already for this one percent hose mm. running uh, on on Amazon as cloud services. So. Uh -huh. Um, we have collected more it's 12 and a half million tweets something in total. like that yeah something like that wow. yeah so and, and these are just tweets that are clearly related yeah. to the games in english with a sentiment score so they have some sort of emotional word in them so okay. yeah and what we're doing is we have several machines uh, running on node.js and they receive the tweets and um, between each machine, each machine is responsible for one specific part of the project. So one is ingesting the tweets from Twitter, the other one is pushing topics and data to clients, which are connected to the front end. And in between, there is stuff like archiving, storing away tweets, and also, of course, the sentiment analysis project. And we communicate with these, these the, or these machines communicate over Redis, which is a high-performance um storing engine basically and so each machine just gets the data in pushes it into redis and uh, the next machine is notified when something is been has been pushed to redis and and keeps you know um, processing the tweets and passing it on to the next one so we have a sort of like buffered or yeah a, a chain of computers with the internet is a series of tubes exactly <laughs> <laughs> no in this case it was really this sequence of pipes that that yeah. worked out really well because then each component can do sort of one thing properly uh -huh. and then pass on the result to the next component so it's really a bit like yeah unix pipes or so yeah yeah okay and, and how like do you actually filter out the messages making sure that you get only mm. those that talk about the Olympics and have some sentiment. Yeah, so Maybe you have more query, parameters than that, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we are doing an initial very general query about the Olympics. So we asked Twitter for all the tweets regarding, uh, which mentioned London 2012, um, Olympics, and this is about it. I so think. you have yeah, basically and official Twitter accounts. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, of course, then some specific Twitter accounts. Exactly. And so we 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 try to get the the entire group of messages or as, as many messages as possible which could be related to the olympics and then we further process them so we first of all we distribute them in several channels where we just look for specific keywords which we try to match the topics against so for instance for swimming we try to we have so several keywords like uh, disciplines um, like athletes and stuff like that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um 
this is how we distribute the mm -hmm. messages in different channels. Mm -hmm. And then we do the sentiment analysis and further reduce the amount there by just kicking out every message which had a, which had a sentiment score of zero. So basically okay, it was neutral. Sure, sure. Yeah. So sentiment score zero is no sentiment or, yep. or neutral sentiment? It can be both. It can, can be, be either no sentiment detected or, um, yeah. Kind yeah, no, it's, it's basically says no sentiment detected, neither a positive or a negative word was found. So that sentiment analysis is based on looking for words that have a positive or negative connotation uh -huh, or tone. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And then they have scores and the software will also detect negations. So if you say not bad, it will realize that it, that's actually quite good. Okay. And so, um, but if none of these words sort of... Um, that could have an emotional meaning are in the tweet, then it won't show up in our system. Because we said we want to focus on the emotional, you know, response yeah, 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 and sure, like sure, if yeah. people cheer or curse and get the extremes. So we, we were personally quite interested in the extremes, not so much in the very um, obvious neutral reporting that you get from any news source, right? Sure, mm -hmm. sure. And this part has been done using this software that you mentioned before? Lexalytics. Yeah, Lexalytics. Okay, <laughs> great. Yeah, they, they were, we should mention them every five minutes because they, like, we asked them like one day and, and, and like half day later they wrote, yeah, sure, you can use our software. It's fantastic. And we're happy to support <laughs> you. No, it was really, and it saved yeah. our asses basically. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> yeah, and I guess doing these things from scratch uh, would be a nightmare. No I mean, way. No way. No, no, no way. You wouldn't no. at all reach the quality. So we did no. some studies with open source tools. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but um, you, you wouldn't reach the quality that Lexalytics pro provides. And this was key to the project. So if yeah. the sentiment analysis is not good, then yeah, yeah, yeah. what should we visualize then? <laughs> but one thing I didn't understand from the project, do you have also some kind of topic detection algorithm there? Because you mentioned you have one of the visualizations is about topic, right? Mm. Yeah, so yeah. I was wondering whether you automatically detect interesting topics there and how you do it. No, it's supervised. So we have an expectation of what interesting topics were okay. or could yeah. be. Okay. And then we look for indications of that topic, you know. Okay. And this is much easier and for something for the games also feasible because there's a limited set of things people are talking about, right? Yeah. Um, then trying to detect yourself what are the trending topics or the hot topics. So it might look very similar in the end result, but it's much more robust to say, okay, we're looking for disciplines, we're looking for the let's say top 50 most popular athletes okay. you know yeah and maybe some things that we um during as the game pro uh, games progress realize are interesting topics so we had a, a simple admin interface where we could easily make up new topics right oh, so you you could yeah, yeah. manually actually add, add new topics as the yeah as they, the they had a label and a regular expression and we uh -huh. could enter like a new topic and and have a regular expression, and whenever that expression matches a tweet, it will be counted for that topic. Okay. Yeah, that was quite nice. Yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah, it was some data-driven journalism style, <laughs> <Yeah>. which the <laughs> entire project is 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 a lot about as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because Moritz has been done also like really nice studies and 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 explorations during the games, just putting data in in Tableau and and extracting um, the courses of specific topics and stuff like that. So mm. this was a large part, I would say, also to explore a bit how data and <clears throat> data gathering and analysis analysis and visualization can be used to to yeah just get an understanding of such an event in a different kind of way mm -hmm. yeah these different this speeds are interesting i think because the web platform was very real time like on the second you know and mm -hmm. ever changing also so that you know it's always yeah. new and then we had a slower pace in the in the blog and in the sort of data journalistic parts where we would yeah, look every yeah. three or four days. Yeah, sure. Okay, what were the bigger developments? <clears throat> what were people talking about? Can we make some analysis on that and maybe contribute a bit from the data side, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And then we had as the third part, the data sculpture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where we conserve all the tweets that we collected in one big... <laughs> 3D object, yeah. and so this is the slowest, you know, and it's very conceived slow to be part. to stay to stay there forever. Exactly, it has <laughs> this, yes. this salt mine, uh, yeah, preserved forever feeling. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, in a thousand yeah. years, they will find it somewhere. Yes, <laughs> we always we always like that idea of the Rosetta Stone <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in the art of London. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I think that's a recurring topic, the idea. I think we've been discussing that during our last episode as well, the idea of really uh, carefully thinking what's the best mix between what the machine can do and what the human mm -hmm. can do. And uh, I don't know, this is another case when uh, instead of pretending the machine to come up with interesting topic, you can use the machine just to have an overview of, on, of, of the game and then yeah. carefully, manually pick some topics and put them into the system. I think it's mm -hmm. really fascinating. Again, once again, I think it's another example of of interesting interactions between what, what the machine can do and what the human can do and how they can cooperate. I think that's really, really interesting here. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, okay, do, do we guys want to move... Um, do you guys want to move to visualization and talk about the design and the development of your visualizations? Sure, yeah. Um, so if I understand well, the, the main things I've seen on the, on the website is this origami visualization, then the real-time real -time tweets, then you have in the blog uh, the what you call the centigraph, which I really like mm -hmm. as a term, mm -hmm. and the heat map, and of course you have the data sculpture. I hope I didn't miss anything. So do you briefly want to, to talk about how you went about, um, I don't know, prototyping this stuff, designing this stuff, conceptualizing actually this stuff? I, I'm sure you went through a painful process as usual <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean how did you come <clears> up <throat> with these ideas I'm, I'm really curious about the origami thing sure Stefan, okay you want to start yeah yeah i can i mean we initially <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> of course we initially uh, started with like lots of explorations, uh, you know, being inspired by different other projects that we find really interesting, which capture a lot of the dynamicism of the games, of sport events in general. So we did lots of experiments in the beginning, really quickly prototyping stuff um, with particles, for instance, and sports, motion capturing recordings. So we initially thought, would it be, wouldn't it be nice if we focus on athletes and disciplines? Wouldn't it be nice to have figures which are um, built from particles representing a tweet of each, you know, so stuff like that to have a mm -hmm. really compelling, uh, complex image, for instance, um, and and also some, some dynamic animation and stuff like that. Then again, I mean, this looked really interesting. It's always interesting from, a, from an aesthetic perspective um, or from the visual impact just, um, but... I mean, then we also start entered like or started questioning these approaches again in terms of like, is it readable? Will people understand it? Is it meaningful? Is it actually useful as a sort of like visualization? And um, and this is how we then um, played a bit more around. In parallel, we played more around with the data as well. And the initial key moment, Moritz, I think you would agree, was when we finally saw the the, centi, the first version of the centigraph, which is just points plotted to mm -hmm. on, a, on, a, on an x-y-axis. So you have the sentiment of a tweet on the y-axis and uh, the time basically on the on the axis. Axis pretty straightforward. But then you know we we, we sat together and, and and played around a bit and and Moritz then did little multiples of different topics and and entities, and then we started seeing like there is something hidden in there um, with ju just doing small multiples. Um, uh, with this centigraph um, or sentiment plots, basically, and then we start the, the, the topics and their 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 discussions start to shape out from the data, mm -hmm. and this is where we started to like, okay, how can we use this basic principle and um, have one indicator, one visual element which indicates the current state of the topic, and then you know we 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 combine the two things and 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 uh, basically um, yeah get that information across that we found there. Yeah. And, I mean, the uh, other thing we realized, because in the beginning we had these particle swarms, right, that yeah. would form like a cloud of something, you know, but then we realized, okay, the topics we're talking about, you know, there are such huge differences in tweet volume yeah. mm -hmm. from, you know, between time points, but also across topics that whenever you do something where one tweet is represented by one particle, <laughs> you're in trouble yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. because Especially either you, you sort of adjust the number of particles so it looks better 
or 99% of the time you have too many or too few particles. And with yeah. particles, it's really important not to have too many or too few. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's a big yeah. conceptual issue for these types of things. Yeah, yeah, sure. And and we wanted to be sort of um, truthful to that, you know, or that we wanted that each view of the visualization works regardless of how many tweets we have, right? Yeah, yeah. And so then we realized, okay, we need to do something. We need to move it up one level, zoom out one level and work with mm-hmm. aggregates a bit more and with coherent shapes, yeah. you know, that stand for a whole set of tweets or something like that. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really interesting to hear. I was curious uh, to hear uh, the story behind that because... Very honestly, the, the same. The first time I saw the visualizations on the website, mm-hmm. I I liked the design, but my first reaction was like, oh, I expected to have more data density here. Uh-huh, There's uh-huh. not enough mm-hmm. information. It's it's yeah. too aggregated. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I fully understand what's the challenge here. And now that you mentioned the fact that, of course, you in an event like that, you might have really high spikes of, of something and then yeah. very low volume and managing managing to have, I mean, having a visualization where you have single data points for every every event or tweet or whatever, it's going mm. to be a huge mess, right? Exactly. And very yeah. hard to handle. And, and we wanted to make sure that um, every click is sort of interesting and has, uh, you know, delivers enough information to, to be meaningful. And yeah. and that's why, for instance, you cannot just look for enthusiastic tweets about a topic on day two because it maybe it was only one or two, and then you know you're in that dead end of having filtered down your data too much, and so okay. that's why we kept it on this very general level, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. And how did you come up with the origami? And uh, on a side note, I would like to have a comment from Stephen Few about the origami. <laughs> <laughs> I was skeptical too. Compared I was skeptical too. Compared yeah, yeah. to a bar yeah, yeah. chart. No, no. And so the, I think I think Jonas can take credit for the origami principle, part of the Studio Nant team. Yeah. And I must say he really, he convinced me there because in the beginning I was skeptical. So I toyed a lot with different, a triangles of different sizes and try to have sort of loose arrangements yeah uh, because i knew that it could work that if you have independent triangles and they have different sizes you know that together could make a nice profile but i never had a good way of arranging them so uh-huh, uh-huh. in my prototypes they were always like flying around fairly randomly okay and he was always like no we need some structure here we need some structure here and then he came up with that folding principle uh-huh. But only in Illustrator. And I was like, wow, but will that work for any combination of values? You know, <laughs> what What if they fold back into the center? Or what if they fold, you know, yeah. to the left side of the screen yeah. and don't go anywhere? And I was always like, oh, can we really do that? And uh, then, yeah, a few weeks before we launched the site, it was clear, okay, now we need to decide. <laughs> and he came up with a really compelling like proposal how to make the logo design integrate with the visualization you know yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah, colors yeah, and yeah, i was yeah. like okay we have to do it let's let's do it and yeah l- luckily it worked out but i, and, I and was the color scales scared. were different uh, or diff- uh, a similar topic to that it wasn't weren't they yeah i mean we, we had like we 10 also different we, we, we really scales, we initially started with a two color scheme which was really nice i liked it really in terms of like clarity i mean mm. and then there but then there was this at some point we we weren't sure anymore um, what should be positive colors and what should be <laughs> negative colors. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Everybody we, had we, a different. We, I think we idea. Um, yeah. chose a color scale: uh, um, a pinkish, reddish, um, and bluish colors uh, color scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, blue for I think initially blue was positive it and was then a red positive was one, negative. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then at some point we we thought like or, or we thought like okay let's switch it and make does it make more sense and then we were totally confused like <laughs> what is actually what is actually because we had also individual like individually different assumptions on what should be a positive and what should be a negative color so yeah. we reached out to some friends and did a little private uh, short um, poll I would say of, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the the result of that was that what most of the team was thinking that uh, the the um, the the reddish yellowish mm. vibrant colors should be considered positive colors, um, versus, yeah. versus the blue ones uh, negative. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, oh. Was actually a good assumption, and um, uh, but still there was a um, surprising amount of votes for also the blue color scales being a positive colors. So it's it's of course it's highly subjective. That's really interesting. 
Um, but at some point we had we were color we turned colorblind in the process <laughs> and we had to reach out to people and ask them and to be really sure again like this is the real color scheme yeah. that we've met and also doing some more greater research around different color schemes making it a bit more opening it up a bit more yeah um so it's also more interesting and uh, allows more fine-grained feedback or uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah but it's really interesting because also we launched the project and like the second twitter commentary is oh that's awesome but i would revert the colors if we like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, please, yeah. <laughs> don't go there <laughs> we have discussed it <laughs> yeah it's interesting yeah, yeah. but it yeah. would be interesting to hear if there's any research so i didn't find any yeah. but i didn't look that deeply did you, but did you think about crowdsourcing that like I don't know, trying to have a little test on uh, we, we did it mechanical torque, mechanical torque, or anything. Yeah. We did a small one, but then again, I mean, it would have been too much to do it like really valid in a valid way. Yeah, yeah. You sure. know, reaching okay. these, the the necessary amount of people and also making sure the the um, the, the the population and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> as I would say, in on on mechanical torque, for instance, is the right okay. one or stuff like that. But I think you know? I, I might be wrong. I think. Uh, Colin Ware in his book briefly discusses the relationship between uh, or the semantic interpretation of colors. There should be something like that. Did you try to look into that? I yeah, we have, yeah, I think I flipped Jonas through, has also looked at some of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. there were lots of papers that we read about um, the different types of uh, colors and their emotional um, uh-huh. um, interpretation. And stuff like that. And this is basically how we also came up with the color scheme. Okay. We just changed it slightly to not be so in, in, uh, so extreme, reduce the browns a little bit, which is yeah. the slightly positive ones, yeah. and not making the, the yellows. I mean, that, that was the challenge that we wanted to have a graduation within yeah. you know, the positive and the negative. Exactly. I think if it's just about pick a happy color and pick a sad color, I think that's easy. But, yes. um, yeah. but it's hard but if you want to a find a color scheme yeah, that, has yeah. plus, that goes from plus six to minus six. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That sure. was our challenge, sure. and that was sure. it was tougher than we thought. Really, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting how much work can be behind just just yeah, uh, no. selecting so some important. colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. for sure. But now we're happy with it. I think. I mean, uh, also in hindsight, I, I say I think we made the right call. But it was, yeah, it changed a lot, and was a lot of <laughs> discussion around. I have that. to say that for me, it was very natural. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Good, uh, good. And uh, what else? Um, what about the real-time tweets? Um, how did you come up with, with the idea of having these uh, moving uh, small windows and then when you click on them, you can fix some of them? It, it looks like I'm sure you spent some time thinking about it, especially the interaction part, how to interact with this and what's the main purpose of this visualization and how not to over- overwhelm people. I think that... Mm. I'm sure you've been discussing a lot on that. Or maybe yeah, not. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> it came a bit from my experiences with the Revisit project. Mm-hmm. And I mean, where, and there, it's, a, it's a project where you can type in the search query and that will show all the tweets from the last few days for that. But it will make a fixed arrangement and or fairly fixed. I mean, it changes a bit over time, but it's it's fairly stable. And... Uh, conceptually, we thought because our the the website will play this real time role in in the in the bigger context of the project, we wanted to have that something that really reflects this constant flow of messages, right? And mm-hmm. and and emphasize that real time character. And so we came up fairly early with this idea that there's a constant stream of of things flying by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. our like code name for that view, things flying mm-hmm. by. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I played a bit with different like ways to do that. And at one point I came up with that principle that big things are more important, which is fairly natural, but then they also float more slowly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we have this a fast inverse. layer. Yeah, it's like an inverse parallax where yeah. the things that are close move slowly, but the things that are far away yeah, move yeah, fast, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, sort yeah, of strange. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> 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 but that's the fun part. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense if you if you try 
to, to see it as a perspective thing, you know, like if you look out of the train window, it's the other way around. Yeah. yeah. But if you, if you see it as things floating on a river, it makes a whole lot of sense. Right. Yeah. Or things like that. So, so and the big ones are yeah. those that are retweeted the most? Retweeted a lot. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, this, the, the stream constantly tries to dynamically, um, choose the tweets which should be bigger and should be smaller because then it be, because again we have that problem that we could have a high volume mm -hmm. stream for a really um uh, high volume topic at the moment but also there could be a stream which just has five tweets per minute or something yeah so the stream currently like always calculates some on the fly statistics about what is the actual sub uh, set i am showing the set of tweets mm -hmm. and then tries to prioritize on the tweets which were more retweeted, but also um, um, which came come come from 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 um, authors with more followers and stuff like that. So it's a mixture of the audience of the tweet mm -hmm. and the the amount of retweets it has. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So again, okay. yeah, yeah, it's it's through really complicated logic to how to sample the tweets and put, yeah. to pick the ones to display to make sure. Each of the views on the site is interesting, you know. Yeah, sure. because and we knew there was a sweet spot for the stream as well, you know. And this is why we can define or have defined a certain number of tweets for each size to be shown in an ideal case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the stream basically tries to buffer that and to always keep that time. Yeah. yeah. So we have been experimenting with different screen sizes and then just saying like, okay, for a really large screen, we need to, or it's ideal to show five large tweets and. 30 really small ones yeah and on the smaller side uh, on a smaller screen it's obviously lower numbers and so we've experimented with that and tried to to always keep that number okay or these numbers so it's sort of you have a sort of adaptive sampling rate according mm -hmm. to how much mm -hmm. stuff is coming in yeah right? we could say that yeah or yeah. sort of a weighted sampling yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay it's interesting because that's sort of in between data visualization and interface design. You know, in yeah, interface yeah, exactly. design, you will want to pick views that are like have a nice level of depth and detail. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and design that really well. And if the visualization part, you know, you, you want to represent like what the the underlying data stream actually is like. And and here we are sort of moving in be in between these two worlds, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How did you expect people to use this view? Did you have an idea or, I mean... The stream view. Yeah, the stream view, sorry. Yeah, I mean, as we said before, I mean, we initially hope people would um, have it as a sort of like second screen just while doing other stuff. And okay. so um, the stream immediately reacts um, if there's something going on and, and people get basically notified and then their attention um, changes from whatever they're doing to, to the visualization and they can start to get immersed into the visualization a bit more and, and read more tweets and, and play around more. So we initially it was like a, not I wouldn't say ambient, but it's definitely like, like a second screen application we had in mind for this. Hmm. And also it yeah. just makes a total sense to just really sit in front of it and also read every tweet. It's really yeah. playful yeah. And, and so it's both things. It's also something you're... you could open just briefly to see what are people talking about, you yeah. know, about the games at the moment. And I th honestly, I think it was the best source for that. I, so yeah. um, th this, you know, also with this priority, of the more important tweets. I haven't seen that anywhere. Um, the Guardian had a sim fairly simple but quite similar second screen application, but I'm not sure how they selected the tweets there. That was a bit more intransparent. Mm -hmm. So I think just for looking like, okay, what's on at the games, our mm -hmm. application was really, really nice, you know. Did you try and to watch the people. games and, and having the, the visualization next to it? Yeah, we had to fix the site. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we did that a few times. But uh, yeah, last okay. time was the closing ceremony for the Paralympics on Sunday, which was really okay. nice. And yeah. we, we, we just we had a look at it and, and followed it a bit. And uh, it was really like, yeah, it was really nice. It was really, really, it worked out really well, I think. Okay. So, and uh, I, I also wanted to talk about the centigraph, apart from the fact that I love the, the term. Uh, I really like the visualization too. And uh, yeah, I really like this kind of neat, clean and very informative design at the same time. It's, it's really, really nice. And I think this is more part of the um, analysis that you do 
statically on the on the data afterwards, right? Once the main mm -hmm. events have taken place. And um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Do you want to comment how to how you came up with this one first? Sure. I mean, it's it's been a again like a long road towards these final products, and somehow a lot of different influences influences played a role. I mean. Um, so it was clear we want to look into the data as the games progress and, you know, already look for patterns and also see how we can maybe improve the visualization as as things unfold. And um, also for getting a grip on the data, Stefan mentioned before that in the beginning we made these simple scatter plots, like time mm -hmm. on the yeah. horizontal axis and sentiment on on the vertical axis yeah. that helped us a lot in understanding just the texture of the data. And we found mm -hmm. them always very attractive from an aesthetic point of view. Yeah. And, but what was hard because it's little dot clouds more or less was hard to see the overall development of things. So yeah. at some point we started to introduce curves that would represent the average sentiment at any given point in time. Yeah. And in the vertical position, so it's like a fever curve more or less. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But also the line thickness would give you a hint of the number of tweets. And these are like turned out to be really strong yeah. charts because yeah. it's like as if somebody would press the pen harder, you know, because of that tension, you know. So it yeah. has this this really calligraphic look suddenly. And and so we always liked that and we never um, knew how to integrate it really. Um, you know, or what the place of that would be except our own backend sort of analysis. But then... Uh, we realized we could make, as the games went along, make some dedicated analysis of individual topics like Usain Bolt or Team GB or um, the little scandals and so on and see how they are reflected in, in sort of these Twitter sentiment averages and volumes. Yeah. And it was also a really important um, key component for the curation of the stories that we are have presented in the installation. It's true, so. yeah. We needed to be able to explore what we have in terms of data, and then just get get an interesting um, perspective onto the onto some different stories, and and to basically select them for mm -hmm. what would be what would be the key moments, the key stories of the Olympics that we would like to present to the audience. Like, look, look, this is where it works the best, and this is what we've learned and stuff like that. So, yeah. for this, it was a really a good tool, and was I, 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 we st I think the team still wants to see that as a proper <laughs> software for other things as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming yeah, up, we always, there was the idea of uh, websites um, being able to do that. Um, fly, um, you know, building building interactive versions of this of the Centigraph and just yeah, getting yeah. in lots of data and seeing the graph for different data sets and stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. really a really nice piece, definitely. Yeah. But yeah. it was interesting also for the for the installation. So we had some ideas of what would make really strong stories. But if you want to have a good, let's say, data story, you know, you also mm. have to see that the data is interesting as well. And for some topics, it it worked out really well. Mm -hmm. And for others, we had a hunch like, oh, there might be a great story here. But the data didn't turn out to be that interesting, you know. So and again, so, you had to manually hunt for interesting stories there. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there were people on our team who were looking like, what are the papers reporting about? What are the big, you know, things being discussed in traditional media? Yeah. And then we would try and go back and find out how well is that reflected in our data? You know, yeah, our yeah, data. Yeah. I mean, it's skewed. It's a certain way of analyzing things. Not not everything that will be like discussed in, in traditional media or in, in the general, let's say, discussion of the games will be reflected in in the same way in our data set. You know? yeah. and, and that was interesting to see. So, for instance, NBC, they got a bit of a bad rap for their reporting. Yeah. But the problem was that it wasn't reflected that well in our data because the term NBC is used in so many different contexts. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. For instance, if you just retweet something that NBC has written, you know, yeah, you're yeah, immediately yeah. sort of adding to that topic NBC, and and there it was really hard to separate. Let's say the 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 tweets talking about NBC reporting per se, or just retweeting NBC content. You know, it was, yeah, sure. You know, and stuff like that. And, so some stories are uh, reflected really nicely and others not at all. Yeah, yeah, I really like it because it's it's very informative and you can it's engaging and catchy at the same time and you can I mean right now I am in front of me the the team Great Great Britain craze on Twitter and mm -hmm. I would really like to to 
dive into some of these stories and really learn more about these bubbles here or uh, sudden negatives or stuff like that. It's really, really rich. I really like it. And I like the fact that you've been using the height and uh, the width of the line at the same time. Mm -hmm. That that That's really nice and it plays really, really well. Gay for redundant encoding. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. <laughs> it's really good. Shall yeah. we talk about the data sculpture? Because yeah, yeah, we've been please. talking so long already about yeah, the online please, things. And please do. I think it's an important part as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, the data sculpture is amazing. Uh, so yesterday we've been talking about that, me and you, Moritz. And uh, yeah, please go ahead. It's it's really nice. Yeah, I mean, what <laughs> was also, again, a, a really big part of the project as well. Um, and was really interesting because you see lots of sculptures that try to visualize data in some way. And um, it's it's really appealing because it deals with materials. You can use materials to reflect different things and stuff like that. So, uh, and also like how to deal with the third dimension uh, just to visualize um, some certain things. And so it was really interesting to dive into that to all these aspects with the data sculpture. And I think the the the, the form we we've come up with um, is really interesting because it's also it's 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 not just aesthetically looking good in a three dimensional way, but it's also kind of readable, uh, readable and to such an extent that we think uh, we have um, thought about this, like uh, also offering it to 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 for instance blind people to to um, to um, experience the data set in a, in a, by touching and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. the data sculpture is um, one object for each day, which we have milled with a with a manufacturing manufacturer in Germany. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's 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 basically a heat map, a three dimensional heat map, um, with the, um, the sh uh, with each plate having. Uh, a shorter side on the time axis and then the sentiment on a horizontal scale. And so you have per sentiment, you have different bands that move along on the time axis and go up and down according to the volume of tweets we have for that specific sentiment at that specific time. Like a little so roller coaster, basically. A little <laughs> roller coaster, exactly. <laughs> so you have a little landscape, uh, a land roller coaster landscape. And on this object, we project um, different heat maps as I would call them, for, yeah. for the individual stories. So you have the, the entire amount of tweets in the sculpture, represented in the sculpture, and then by projecting on top of the sculpture and just highlighting individual points per story, we sort of like, you know, shape or highlight the individual important points for this specific story. So yeah. this is a yeah, 16, 16, 16 pieces. Mm -hmm. 17 uh, uh, 17 sorry yeah, yeah. exactly 17 plates 17, plates, 17 yeah. objects uh, and so it's a 3 meter long table and people can click through the different stories and see the heat maps and also have a little turning wheel with which they can move through time and then we select specific tweets to, to display mm -hmm. so they can see like what is this why is this peak there yeah, and that's so strong compared to the graphs you know where you yeah. say Enrico <clears throat> you would immediately like to Dig in, yeah, and yeah. see what why the tweet look, uh, you know, or why that dip in the data came about. And in this installation, you can actually read the most important tweet for each story, yeah. for any time point, and then that or each hour of the day. And that, that was mm -hmm. it's so much fun to to flip through all these tweets. So, where is the installation located? It was located in Preston, in the UK, at the closing exhibition um, of We Play. So it's the closing exhibition of the Culture Olympiad in the Northwest. Yeah. In okay. UK. So, so there was a big now party like going on in Preston at the <laughs> last weekend. <laughs> uh -huh. And now, Enrico, it's a bit like you. It has no real home. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you still know, I'm going to have a new office soon. So if you want to send it. <laughs> <laughs> you need something for your lobby. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> yeah, that would be lovely. No, no we're, we're looking for a good place to exhibit it permanently because it. I think it's a nice legacy thing for the games. Absolutely, it's, it's, it would be a pity if it would now sit in a box. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, totally agree. Yeah. I could talk with some people at MoMA or. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> yeah, but yeah, I have no, to say this 3D relief. You know, you might it sounds it might sound gimmicky, but when mm. you see that thing and this this level of detail, you know, yeah, yeah, that absolutely. you can put into a sculpture and. 
And then at this projection, I think it was, uh, I, so I had the feeling, okay, there's, we need to explore that more, <laughs> you know, what is possible yeah, there absolutely. because it's, mm-hmm. it's really interesting and it is worth the effort, you know, before we were also not sure, is it worth going through all the effort, like, you know, pre- preparing the 3D models and testing mm-hmm. materials and calibrating um, the projection, you know, that's, it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of technicalities there, but mm-hmm. From the experience, I think it was worth the effort. So definitely, yeah. yeah. I was wondering when you are in front of it, of it, do you feel like touching it? Totally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> yeah. To be fully honest, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> would yeah. be good to explore that even further. It would be just lovely if 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 we find a way to to do that technically, and then all these questions arise, like how do you deal with it on the interaction side, what to display, and stuff like that. So you guys have to find a way to to keep on doing this project in a way or another. Yeah. It's 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 fantastic. I would love to see it actually. Yeah. It feels like the beginning, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Not like the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah Rio, really. Rio 2016. <laughs> okay, cool. And um yeah, so talking about the future, uh, what's the? How do you go beyond this project? I'm sure. I mean, you've been doing a lot of work, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of thinking around it, and uh, I'm sure you want to. I mean, I want you. I'm sure you want to reuse this stuff, or or I'm sure that some of the ideas that you've been uh, generating during the project can actually be the beginning of new projects, right? So, mm-hmm. do you briefly want to discuss that? How do you go beyond this Emoto itself? Yeah, I mean, there there were a few directions. I mean, we have to say at the moment we are really tired <laughs> and mostly <laughs> yeah. mostly working on documenting and sort yeah. of wrapping up that phase yeah. now because it's it's been a long thing and yeah, like let's say the the two weeks before the games they were they were tough. <laughs> you know, we had to get <laughs> this thing working and and how uh, much coffee did you drink? Oh man, liters, <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> gallons yeah no but um but there were a few directions i mean obviously everybody's interested in sentiment analysis i I think it's you know real time and sentiment analysis is one of the the things of the year i guess you know definitely and so that's on the one hand something that's really interesting but also an area where you have to think about what you're doing Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. but I think we we collected some really good experiences with what works in real time, what works analysis wise as well, mm-hmm. and I think we'd like to do another project in this direction. I mean, unfortunately, the U.S. elections are now coming so soon. Yeah. Otherwise, they would, <laughs> yeah, be would be perfect. perfect. Yeah, they would be perfect. Perfect. Uh, but yeah. I, I think, or something sports related. Why not? I mean. Mm-hmm. It works quite well. It's applicable definitely to lots of topics and lots of situations. Yeah. So, yeah, the next World it's Cup, m- <laughs> yeah. for instance. Yeah. yeah. What I'm personally not sure yet about is if this big extra effort that goes into building a solid real time system, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that is really, really real time, um, pays off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not sure what is sort of in between. <laughs> but yeah. I had the feeling that the analysis-wise, these things you would do over a couple of days and would involve a bit more manual analysis were more interesting content-wise. Do and, you mean that? And that... I'm not sure yet how to, um, yeah, what what the sweet spot there is. But it's a lot of technical effort goes into building a really good real-time system. I, and and then visualization wise, it's always like okay, you get the statistics for now, but what do they mean? You know, yeah, how how do you refer back to that sort sure. of sure. more intermediate history and the long term history and stuff like that? So that we didn't tackle that well, I guess. Yeah, and with real time, you always have this problem of over- overwhelming people, right? Or yeah, underwhelming I mean, that. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. So there's a big challenge there. It's it's not something that works out of the box at all. I mean, not at all. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, and there is another thing I wanted to ask you. Are you planning to release this data openly or not? I mean, we have a set of the tweets. Mm -hmm. We are also sharing it with a couple of scientists already Mm -hmm. that look into it now for long-term things. I think if if people address us, I think I guess we would be open to sharing it, right, Stefan? I mean, we haven't really yeah. discussed the general I case, so. but I mean, why not? It's it would be great if people do something with it. I mean, yeah. I'm sure from my side, from the academic point of view, I'm sure there there are there would be so many people around here that would be interested on in analyzing that. Yeah, yeah, 
Good point. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a really odd topic in academia as well. So. Yeah. We should um, mention though that we lost two nights of tweets. Yeah, <laughs> that was it's nicely one of reflected the... in the sculptures as well. We yeah. see it as a bit of honesty that there's some flat areas, uh, little yeah. small flat yeah. areas in the sculptures. <laughs> two of them. Yeah. Um, so mm. it was really nice there as well because it shows that it's all real world. <laughs> yeah. And not made up. But this is how um, real data looks like. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. So exactly. Uh, yeah, if you if you can live with that, then just write us an email at info at emoto twenty twelve dot org. Fantastic. Okay, I think we can close it here, right? Unless you want to add anything, Moritz, Stefan? I guess I do. No, it's, uh, we no, could no. go on for hours probably because there were so many things, you know, <laughs> in this project. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Again, we don't want to over or underwhelm anybody. We don't want to whelm yeah. anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks a lot for this fantastic project. It was a real pleasure to discuss this thing with you guys. It's it's amazing what you've done, and uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what you what you will be doing next. <laughs> So and thanks, we. thanks, Stefan, for being a guest here and uh, and for being available with such a short notice. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it was lovely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I hope I will have a chance to meet you somewhere around the world soon. Yes, <laughs> hopefully that's New York. I love New York. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, we, I hope should, so too. Yeah, we should work on that part. Yeah, that's yeah, good definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, okay. it was great having you, Stefan. Ta- yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank and you. Bye. Talk soon and bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Ciao, ciao. Bye, bye. bye everyone. Ciao. ciao. Bye, bye.